Welcome to the Pixel Classroom podcast where we talk about passion, innovation, epilepsy awareness, entrepreneurship, gaming, and more. This educational podcast is meant for everyone out there looking to expand their horizons, learn for about pop culture news, and more. And I am your host, Ryan Reed. And you can look more on my classroom website at classroomsnextlevel.wordpress.com, better known as Dice Up the Classroom. Now, let's get into the most latest episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 103 of the Pixel Classroom Podcast. Hope everybody's having a wonderful, wonderful time right now. It's kind of snowing outside my window here. Hey, gotta love spring break recordings, anyhow. But I got uh, a great guest today, and believe it or not, only my second music educator ever to be on the podcast, so I'm trying to change that more, but I think I picked a good one. She's a music educator, speaker, and writer, is an advocate for student voice in the music rooms, and helps teachers empower students through their musical experience by transforming the classrooms and is student-centered and learning. She has taught instruments, general, vocal, and a variety of settings, also recently teaching middle school in Northern Virginia, and she holds a bachelor's degrees in education at Penn State University. Yeah, that's right. we got a lot of Penn State people. Uh, master's in wind conducting from Westchester in Pennsylvania, and she will be starting work on her PhD. So welcome to the doctorate clubs for music learning and teaching. Yes, it's a real thing. I even worked with somebody who did it. Um, she's also a good educated certified trainer, uh, innovator, no, uh, note uh, flight learning ambassador and more and uh she also co-wrote a book here in my hands since this is audio which is called pass the baton and when she's not doing all this she's usually reading a good book and running a trail and traveling family and friends spending time with her good old dog dizzy when my dog is sleeping on the couch right now go willow i would like to welcome the one and only Teresa hoover to the pixel classroom hello Teresa. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so I gave you quite the introduction. So how did this journey begin? Like I said, I, I know a lot of music educators. I've gone to school. Uh, my my buddy Jill uh, McCormick was on here uh, earlier this year. But really, what what is, because as they always say, just like in certain other forms, like from kindergarten to history to, you know, industrial arts, it does take a special kind of commitment to go into music. And for you, you you're going all the way to the PhD level starting the fall of 2022. So uh how, how did this all start and what led you there? Oh, man. I mean, I started playing piano when I was five. <laughs> um, and I that was. Was, <laughs> yeah, that was around, I mean, probably a year or two later is when I decided I wanted to be a teacher. And it wasn't until actually high school when I joined high school band that I realized that I wanted to be a music teacher. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just been that ever since, I mean, high school for me was trying to be involved in every single musical activity there was. I even was part of the, I don't remember what it was called, but it was the boys choir. I was the piano player. <laughs> so Ooh, I like, inserted myself. There you go. I found a way into all the different ensembles. Um, and yeah, I just, I loved it and I loved teaching it and being a part of it. And these days it's a lot of working with music teachers and helping them to, you know, improve and amplify their practice. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And here's another thing, too. Is, you know, even after reading, you know, past the time by you and uh, Catherine over here, but it's very interesting that you're also a Google, Google certified and innovator and everything. You know, some people and I, my two music teachers, they're, they're great. I've worked with many music teachers over the year. And they, they use it and they use, you know, note flight and a few other things, too. 
but to use that kind of uh, piece, it's like I, I had a person who was an industrial arts who found such a way to use uh, spreadsheets and Microsoft PowerPoint to like, you don't hear that much in industrial arts. So how do you, how did that even come about to you saying, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to do level, but I'm going to incorporate music and then I'm going to be an innovator and trainer. Like really, how does, how does that go hand in hand? You don't hear many music teachers in that neck of the woods. Yeah, there's only a handful of us, which is kind of fun. Um, I've always been interested in technology. It's always been just a little thing kind of in the the back of what I did. Um, you know, different schools I was at just trying to figure out kind of how I fit. And a lot of places where I taught, um, they assumed that music didn't fit and they assumed I didn't fit. <laughs> so yeah, I was not part of the conversation. Heard that one before. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but that was also quite a while ago. Um, when I moved to Northern Virginia, I had been in Pennsylvania prior to that. When I moved to Northern Virginia, the school district that I was hired in was, was very progressive and was doing a lot of new things. And they offered some different trainings. And I just, it like suddenly the light bulb went off that like, this is for me. This is where, you know, this is something that I can really use. So like you said, I went and got my level one and level two certifications through Google. I just really loved it and kind of on a whim put in my trainer application and I got in. Um, and the neat thing about trainer is, you know, a lot of it is is understanding how Google works and understanding how to use all the tools, but also just understanding being a good teacher. <laughs> so a lot of the questions on the trainer exam were like, just seemed very basic. Like how, you know, after you give a training, do you follow up with the participants or do you never talk to them again? <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> duh, <laughs> you follow up, you know. You gotta love those like questions. That. Like, well, what do you think I'm supposed to do? <laughs> right, like obviously. So. Um, a lot of that just came very naturally. And then, you know, once you get your trainer cert, you are supposed to be doing, doing trainings throughout the year, which again was kind of happening anyways. There was music. I always had music teacher friends calling and saying, Hey, how do I do this? Let's sit down over coffee and do it. Or, or, you know, having, um, running little PD sessions at my school and things like that. So I just, I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it and being able to help people and being able to learn more, right? Because being a trainer from Google, we, we do, we, they train us, they, mm-hmm. they give us resources and we learn. I, I loved that. Um, I also have a, a thing, this is, maybe is where we're part of the PhDs coming from too. Um, if there's a higher level, I have to get there. <laughs> so when I got to trainer, I viewed innovator as like the next thing up. So I just said, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> Well, and I think that's a good point. People always ask me, like, why did you go? You got your master's, you got a job. Why did you go for 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 the for the doctorate? I'm like, well, at the time I was a graduate assistant. So what do you mean I wasn't? And also I was like, this isn't going away. I wanted to be more of the training, you know, stuff I hear. I'm finishing my instructional coaching, knock on wood, this end of the summer here. I just got all the paperwork so I can register for class next week because of this. Nice timing but that's how i've been i've been next level and uh something i was working on right here just before we started recording i was talking about i was working on lesson plans this is it's time i'm recording this i'm on my spring break but i'm doing something different that i haven't done in quite a while and it's actually inspired by my history one of my new history teachers because he's been doing it kind of sims kind of thing with google slides and so forth and i use canva a lot so i was marrying them to make type of a business bakery project but some people are like oh that that's kind of cool don't you kind of do that with your unit three i'm like well yeah but that's kind of self-paid they kind of build it from the ground up using the EverFi platform. But it's like, I always have the kids the last couple of years saying, you know, I feel like we're just thrown into this and we don't really have a good introduction outside public versus private versus micro versus macro businesses because I teach business classes. And I said, yeah, and it is. And then finally, I was inspired by this to say, you know what? I think I, I finally have it. And then went over to Google Drawings for Tony Vincent's cupcake exercise. And they're making their own cupcakes. And I'm going to take those cupcakes, put them into a main Google slide. So that's your specialty. And you have to basically have 
you know, $62,000 a month to keep your business open. That means you have to have this because you're not open Sundays and you close early on Saturdays. So now they got to make businesses based off a wheel we'll be doing and so forth. But a lot of people are like, wow, how did you, how did you do that? Do you just wake up one day and do it? I was like, no, I've taken a little bit from here. I learned this there. I fit this here. And you do the exact same thing, except you did it towards, you know, the music um, department and yeah. music education, which, you know, my friend Jill talked about how some stuff she uses, especially having three boys, she's used their musical talents to help with that. And her husband has a PhD in his English and music. So it's very similar, but you, you're the same way. You're like, why not go the next level? And there's so many people who don't want to do that. So Teresa, what would be your advice for people who are like, oh, I don't know, it's money or, oh, do I have the time? Even just to take a simple Google level one, which, you know, block out two hours of the time and spend 20 bucks, you know? Yeah. I mean, doing like the Google level one and two, that stuff, I think anybody whose school district uses it, you might as well, because you're going to learn, you're going to learn something, right? Even in the level one course, I think there's little nuggets that you can learn that'll make you just even more efficient in the, in the classroom, more organized, things like that. And it's, it's worth just, just doing it. Um, level two is a little bit more work for sure. <laughs> and a little bit yes. you know, has definitely, like, I still have to sit down and practice doing pivot tables before I teach them <laughs> just because it's not something I do on a regular basis, but being able to, to understand those things, I feel like it's, it's really, it's worthwhile for us as educators. And the thing that I, I love about everything that Google does, it's not always just about the tech, right? Like mm -hmm. the tech is just a tool. It's not everything that we're doing. So sometimes it's just understanding a workflow or a process or understanding concepts. Like a lot of the level two stuff actually has to do with um, alternative learning techniques, right? It, right? it talks about differentiation and it talks about giving students choice and personalized learning and things like that. So sure, it's teaching you how to do those things using Google Slides, but it's it's not the tool. It's that It's that technique. Yeah. And that's also what I found like from innovator, right? It's not, it's not the tech, it's the mindset that, that you learn when you go through that program. And I think one thing too, is especially for somebody who was in choir, played an instrument for a couple of years himself too. It was about the workflow. It was about the mindset of music. It wasn't just, you know, what you do. I mean, that's one thing I always give it, you know, things to my, to my uh, choir teacher way back in the day, as well as the, you know, community theater I've done too. It's, it's our band leader and orchestra and choir and choral have really just worked. It's the workflow more than just like, okay, I can read this and do this. It's more, as they always say, when in doubt, sing the melody, but that makes sure the melody actually moves with what you're doing on the show. I mean, if you're, you're doing carousel or you're doing Godspell, or if you're doing one of our classic musical, like guys and dolls, sometimes you're in the point, like, I don't remember the line, la, 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 but I'm still, you know, playing who the character is. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and when you think about it in music terms, right, we often will say it's not always about the product. It's not just the concert. It's all of the music making that learns that leads up to that. Right. And yeah. it's all of the, all of the different things that we do through that process. So it's, it's pretty, it's a neat way to think about things and it's, but it's a challenging way too, because the product in music or theater or any of that is what people see, right? They don't see the no, rehearsal. That's exactly <laughs> it. Even if I, like, I like to watch rerun TV and antenna TV because they know I don't do cable. I do streaming services, but sometimes it's kind of interesting to look at those old episodes where they were in some choir. So it's like, yeah, see those, those shows actually were ahead of time. They're like, it isn't just like, okay, all of a sudden you're at Carnegie hall. Even if you're playing with, you know, fourth graders, it's like, there's a, <laughs> there's a step before you can say, Hey, I'm on stage in a big New York city hall. And yeah, they're playing it for last, but they were kind of at the same time. Like, well, you don't just do it and you're there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into it. 
And that's an interesting thing because, you know, I don't get a lot of people like you who not only do the high school, middle school, but also do elective graduate courses. So, you know, what is what is that difference between, you know, the secondary education and then working in college? And as somebody who's been a graduate assistant has taught college and graduate students himself and been quite a few years. But, you know, what what goes into that kind of piece between, okay, here's my lesson plan for the week. And does the principal say yes, or just wants to look at my curriculum versus you're at the university? Yes, it's an elective course. Yes, usually it's given for special reasons for training or certification. And it's summer, much different as I call, like to call it lax. I mean, not that college uh, mm-hmm. teachers don't work very hard in the summer, but it's where it's like, well, campus is a little quieter. There's not, a, you know, there's not 16,000 students. Maybe there's 1200. Most of them are just driving in. And most of the people are over the age of 30, you know, not to put on a demograph, mm-hmm. but that, that does happen. So what is that kind of day in day out look like? And what are both the advantages and disadvantages of that happening? what I like about the summer classes I teach, so I've I've been teaching uh, at the University of the Arts, which is Philadelphia, but online, um, and then I'll be working for another organization this summer as well, is that, you know, it's practicing teachers, teachers who are in the classroom. And while yes, they're, you know, they're earning their credits, kind of because they have to, right? (laughs) Like you have to maintain those professional classes right now. Yes. Oh, yeah. But the, what's great is like they're taking classes that are meaningful to them. They've chosen to be there and they've chosen that class because they feel like it's going to be valuable to them as a teacher. And so that, that puts a little bit of a different like level of uh, importance on it, right? As the, as the teacher, as the person who's, who's providing the information, because these teachers are giving up their summers, which we all know. <laughs> it's like, very yeah. special time, <laughs> right? The wife always tell my wife always tells me like, uh, we got to have do something this summer. It's like, you got a point there. Right. One thing I, I do right. say it's a nice thing in the last couple of years, like, oh, it's kind of nice to work, but not have to work in the summer, but it's not like I don't plan. But I always say once the school year is over Memorial Day weekend, in this case, we're done a week, knock on wood. I mean, when it's snowing outside today. We're not going to probably have any snow days or anything. So we're going to be done 17th of May. I always say I check out until July 7th, uh, July after July 7th, I go back and get in the fall plan too. But it's like, I need that time to right. decompress. Right. You do. So like, I feel like if they're giving up that time in their summer, right, they're paying to be there. They're, they're, that it needs to make sure it's going to be relevant and something they can use in the classroom. But that's also where it's really fun because you're working with teachers and they are brainstorming and they are starting to think and you see like the little light bulbs like, oh, I could do this with my students, you know, and I'll be honest, the two classes I'm teaching, they're both Google classes. <laughs> because <laughs> of course, I don't love Google. It's all about Google today, guys. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's um, teaching that so it's working the teachers through the level one and level two certifications, but specifically with how it applies in the music classroom. So, you know, we might be talking about an add-on to Google Sheets that will um, like mail merge or something, you know, autocrat, something like that, talking about how to use this add-ons. But here it is. Okay. Specifically, this is how you're going to make your end of the year certificates. <laughs> this is how you're going to get ready for assessment when you need to have, you know, all of these file folders and you need to have all these things. So it's, it's really helping teachers to see how those things apply in their classrooms. But then you also have the elementary teacher, the high school band director, the middle school choir teacher, and they're all kind of sharing their ideas and their thoughts. And then you see just things grow, right? Because that collaborative piece comes where we're finally getting to work with our colleagues and getting to talk to other educators. And it's it's just a really neat thing to see. So I'm going to give you, here's the practical, but then they're going to talk about, here's how I'm going to really use it. Here's what I'm going to how I'm going to have my students use it, how I'm going to help it make me a better teacher. 
And I, I think that's really good because people always ask, like, why am I learning? Just like your students say, why am I learning this? You know, you have to give them an example versus I have to take this course because I have to graduate or I am doing this because right. I need a certain credit. But what am I getting out of it? And I think that's something we always have to talk to because let's face it. I mean, I, I, I've taken several ones, you know, for my own doctorate courses, and everything. They're ones where I had to just learn basic knowledge. At least I understood where it was there. But where every class, like, oh, this is exciting, even though I love my professors, I, I rare. I, I, I mean, if any of them are listening right now, I, I loved you all. No, I didn't hate on you. <laughs> Maybe sometimes with the deadlines and, and annotated bibliographies, you know who you are, Dr. Johnson. I love you too, Lord. So anyhow, but that's an example too, is like, you know, what are you getting out of? What is it going to better me? Even if it's a small thing, you know, it's something I do, you know, whether it's Google or Microsoft or Canva or other organizations, school physics, everything. It's like, what is it beneficial to me? What is it going to be beneficial to my students and so forth? I mean, right now we're getting ready for Photoshop certifications, but I started working on drawings and Google slides and a little bit of Canva stuff. And also I said, oh, this is like the Larian. Oh, that you've, you've mentioned that several times about creative commons. I said, exactly. I was building and scaffolding. So that way, when you take the test, you honestly should pass this with flying colors versus, oh, what was that step? I can't remember that. That's, I said, that's what you should be having the typical, but otherwise the basics, if you guys know your basics from vocab, you've already passed half the test. So it's, right. I want you to pass the certification test. It's, it's like, I don't do this just to tick a box or, you know, oh, I got two hours to waste right now. Hey, let's, uh, let's, let, let's put together a bike rally photo. It's like, no, 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 it's, it's, it's gotta be something invested that can benefit just like my bakery project. We were just talking about here with Canva and Google Slides. It has beneficials, but you know, I learned it from my history teacher over something I had done years ago. So it's very beneficial on that. Yeah. And it's fun for them to see, like for teachers to see how some of these tools can be used in the classroom. Right. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be just the tool. You know, we might be talking about, um, you know, Google Slides, but, but maybe your school doesn't use Google. Maybe you Uh use Oh my goodness, Microsoft, you know, right. what is the equivalent? Like how, or how could that, how could that fit? Or how could really any, uh, you know, like document creation tool fit and how could that benefit kids in a music classroom? The goal is always making music, right? Like we're right. not, I'm not saying that we're just sitting there on computers the whole time. That is not, <laughs> that is not the goal, yeah, I, I, but if we can use it to support, right. Enhance support, all of that. And, and I think that's a good point. Like one thing we talk here before we get into your book is you talking about your blog. You know, I blog, it, it celebrated 10 years. I, I couldn't believe like, wow, it's been 10 years. I've updated. I spent the money. I've spent the money. I have the, I have the, 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 the receipts to prove it. And I'm working on getting <laughs> remodeled done now. But, you know, it's really interesting about blogging. Like I got in blogging because, you know, it made sense. I was, especially 2012, you know, when we're starting to see the one-to-ones, you know, Chromebooks aren't quite there iPads are, so are tablet devices, and we're getting more the one-to-one versus, you know, 10 years later, COVID, everything else, much more online, much more diverse. But I started doing the blog because there was just so many people out there who didn't know what to do or didn't know where to start. That's why I started the blog, Mm -hmm. but it also became reflective. And sometimes it became for, for several months, it just like, I, right here, we're recording the podcast. I'd put out, be like, here's my guest, blah, 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 like us, uh, subscribe, uh, talk to you later, done, you know, and then maybe a couple of hyperlinks. And that's kind of what the blog does. But I think it's really interesting because yours is off the beaten path, a music teacher's journey. We've definitely been talking that for the last 20 minutes about your journey into this, but what started your blog and what, what really is like your goals of your blog for doing that? Cause one thing about the pixel classroom, it's about passion, you know, X factor and yours is definitely music, but also enthusiasm and leadership. You know, how do you cross that with your, your blogging? Yeah, my blog started, I think five years ago, I'd have to to look back to really know. And it was actually kind of almost by accident. Um, I had 
I was very, very new using Twitter and I was taking some summer, <laughs> taking summer classes, go figure. <laughs> of course. And then, <laughs> right. And they were, but they were encouraging us to, to start using social media. And um, I posted something about like inquiry and some things I had read. And actually an organization contacted me and say, Hey, would you be willing to write a guest post for us on this, on, on this, like expanding on this? And I was like, yes, I would, you know, I had never, never done that before. And I did it. And I honestly, I loved it. It was just like such a cool process. Like you said, it was the reflective piece for me that I loved. Cause I just put that tweet out there saying about, you know, here's what I'd read about inquiry. Here's what I think about how it fits with music. Um, and I had thought about it, but I hadn't thought about it enough to put it into a blog post yet. So to put myself through that for myself, not for a paper I was writing for class, not for an evaluation for school, but for myself, that's what I really loved about that, that, that blog post. And I probably put way too many hours into it for a blog post, but it was the first one and, you know, it had to be. And had to be just right. And after that, I was like, I want to start a blog. <laughs> so I did. I didn't know necessarily what I wanted to write about. I just knew that I wanted it to be things that were a little off the beaten path. So I was not going to talk about uh, the best mouthpiece to use on a clarinet. I wasn't going to talk about how to tune your saxophones. Like I, I knew that wasn't something that I wanted that. to touch the 10 foot pole. Yeah. There were plenty of other people who could do that, but that wasn't. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of where it's been. So it's a lot over the years, it's been a lot of like technology and, and also this idea of like student empowerment and giving students more ownership in the classroom voice and choice, stuff like that. And I I've tried to remind myself, like thinking about both what I want to write about, what, what also could be helpful to other people. And that, by giving it my voice and, you know, here's what I tried, here's the good, the bad, the ugly, what I would do differently next time, things like that, that hopefully it can be valuable and beneficial to other music teachers. And I think that's a really good point. My, uh, one of my former professors who also helped with my dissertation, Dr. Zing, she, her dissertation was on the blogs. And of course that was 2005. So you're talking about really, really early blog, but she, but that was some of her and I've read her dissertation. It's a very good presentation. Of course, like I said, now it's 17 years old. Blogging has changed much. People do vlogs, people do live streaming, you know, or podcasting, but she definitely talked about that too, about, you know, what were the things of her student study guides about what they used to blog. Some were reflective thoughts. Some were about like you education, but also getting into that deep meaning. And some could write them in two minutes. And some people was like three days later, like, okay, I just got to get one more paragraph and I'm good. And mine, yeah. it's been everything. I've sometimes planned my blogs way in advance. Like, oh, Saturday I'm doing this. And I start sitting down. I've got the videos. I got the background. I got, I know where to go for the links and it's copy and paste. And next, you know, it's an hour later, I'm done with the blog versus like in my head and how I was going to structure this. I did in 10 minutes and he type it out and it's done. Then some things it's like, oh, this is going to take forever. And 15 minutes like oh i'm finished and then people say oh wow that was a great blog and it's like you've spent a lot of time like no i didn't <laughs> but you probably spent the time before that you know as you were thinking about it as you were going through whatever it was that you're writing about so yeah but i know what you mean <laughs> yeah and speaking of which, i think it's a good segue to go into this this wonderful book past the baton and it took me a little while i really wanted to read this but you know it took me a little while and this was in so past the baton so how did this come about how did you and Catherine finch get into it? how do you how do you two i always ask everybody who collaborates with more than one author how this comes As somebody who's working on a kind of a small collaboration on a book knock on wood which i talked about in episode 101 um hopefully i'll be seeing one too coming out later but you know i've 
you know, I've added my little piece to some upcoming books, including the upcoming, you know, um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Canva Classroom, which is coming out soon too. But, you know, it's a page and not, not even a half a page of that, but it's still, it was a process of doing. So how did this work with Pass the Baton? You know, where were the ideas? What worked with DBC? And then how did you and Catherine kind of synthesize this into something, like you said, we, we didn't have any music education books and yet here it is. And it, and as somebody who is not a music educator, this is a good book. So, uh, and there, yeah. there's my shout out for you. Uh, even though I can't leave an Amazon <laughs> review, but, uh, just, just let me know, Teresa, I'm going to, I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, as you probably read in the book, Catherine and I met on Twitter, <laughs> we were, um, we had both read the innovators mindset by George Kuros. He was doing what they called I move the innovators mindset. It was always funny about MOOCs. Like the first time I ever heard him, I was in a class of dissertation, believe it or not. And then all of a sudden, not even a month, George is like, oh, and we got the MOOCs. I'm like, well, that was kind of weird, <laughs> but continue. <laughs> yeah. So we were both doing that and it was, you know, there was Twitter aspects, there was some YouTube lives, and then that you were encouraged to blog as well. So that was also like perfect timing because it was right around when I had just started the blog. So Catherine and I were both doing it and we were, we kind of reached like, reached out to each other quickly because it was like, oh, you're a music teacher. I'm a music teacher. This is great. You know, <laughs> so we, we connected that way and we were, you know, reading each other's blogs and, and commenting and posting and retweeting, just like the things the things that you do to, to encourage each other. And as we're doing this, we're realizing like we had a lot of very similar goals, even though I was teaching band and she was teaching general music, we had a lot of similar things. And as we were going through that process and over the next few months, we kept saying like, why isn't there a book like this for music teachers? Like, why isn't there, like, why can't we, like we were reading things. Then we, you know, we went on to read um, Empower by John Spencer, AJ Giuliani. We went on to read a whole bunch of other things. Like why, <laughs> where are the music voices? In right. this? And then one day it was just like, let's just do it. <laughs> let's just be that voice. I, I know that's how we, Classroom Chef came about because there was like no math teacher book. And there's somebody like, you know how many people are in math education right now? You know how many people they need to fill math education? And also I was like, and here's Classroom Theft. Then it was a like, hacky mathematics and blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden it was like the word got out. Like, why is there no math teacher book? Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, that's a good point. I mean, we got Edgy Protocols Mathematics, right. which my one of my instructional coaches, she got the copy. I got her subscription set up for Edgy Protocols. There's my shout out for Edgy Protocols. But that's exactly it. There's like, where are the math teachers? Cause it's like, here's everybody else. Here's all the tech. Here's all the classroom elementary teachers. And then here you and Catherine said, Hey, let's do music. Right. Yeah. So it was, it was just really that simple. And I guess I've, it's funny. Cause I've, I've heard other people say the same similar things. Like you write the book you want to read. And that was it. We, we want, we, we were looking for this book and we couldn't find it. So we decided to write it. And we, at the time we were both reading a ton, a lot of DBC stuff, but, but other other things as well. Um, so as we were kind of fooling around with the idea of writing and, and starting some little little things here and there, we're like, well, you know, who should publish it? And should we publish it ourselves? Should we do this? Should we do that? And we, like, I actually dug in and like started reading different publishing agreements with mm. different um, different organizations just to see, just to see what it was all about, and kind of getting an idea of like, oh well this particular music publisher is, does a lot of things like this and this particular public, you know, you, and you start to see the voice, you start to see like the, the publishers, what their thing is. Um, and the fact was we, we just saw ourselves in DBC. Like that was the kind of book we wanted to write. We wanted to write one that was infused with our voice and our passion, but it was also informative and helpful and practical and actionable and all of those things. And we just felt that they, they fit it best. And luckily 
they were willing to take a chance on two music teachers. So. Right. And, and people always ask me, and I, I, my superintendent, and I know PJ's listening to this right now because he likes to listen to my podcast. So for some reason, he thinks I'm a good teacher. But anyhow, um, you know, it's one thing people always say, why do you read so many DBC books? I don't just read DBC books. But in 2014, people always ask me, like, what, what educational books I do? I said, whatever my professors tell me. And yes, I got connected on Twitter and some other things. I had some fellow education. Hey, have you read this book from the half game mathematics? I'm like, no, I haven't. Have you read this? You know, it's like, I have a lot of people for instructional coaching too. I'm got books. I bought a couple of years ago. We're using for classes. Now I just picked up, you know, the instructional coach connection, another DBC book here, but there was a lot in it too. I'm using this for class, but it's like, see, he's talking about things that aren't missing Jim Knight, you know, the guru of instructional coaching does the forward to it. So, you know, it's a good book. But at the same time is I had three people say, well, you should read this. And it's by an independent pillar or this was by, you know, Corwin or whoever, you know, the big name in educational books. And I just say it's always going to be the books that you feel are more relevant to you. It doesn't matter who published them. DBC, I am press Corwin. I mean, I've read a couple, you know, McCraw Hill books, which I think have been fantastic. And then I've read some books by, why did you make me read that book? I wanted to hit my head against the, It's like, it was like, if I wanted facts, I would have Googled it on Eric for peer review and still gotten the same information. And I just wasted 30 bucks. So thank you, whoever. But I, I think that's a good point. I mean, in your case, it, it, it fabulous there. I mean, I have two books out there. They were all self-published, but I, when I talked to those publishers, they just didn't get the say, like, there's no voice for this. And then there was a voice for it. And we always say, we're like, we're not getting rich off these books, but at the same time is, is sometimes they're going to align perfectly like DBC with your book. They'll take the chance. You know, I had to go three self-publishing, including an audio book on my own because nobody wanted to take a chance. One did, but they wanted to just change my story so much. Like, no, that, no, 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 no. I understand if you're like, okay, I have to clean this up. You, you're completely trying to change my whole story. And then of course the original story, people were like, I, I felt more emotionally connected to that story. I said, that was my point. That was the point of the story. I had a story to tell just like you and Catherine, you had a story to tell. You had advice to tell, things that you can do. But at the same time is you also knew there are people that weren't music teachers. were going to read this book. And guess what? Well, I'm one of them. We read it, we enjoyed it, and we said, hey, we can take some things. I mean, you can see right here, I mean, this is audio, but you can see the tabs, but it's like, I have a couple right here. It's like, oh, this is a good resource template. I could just use this, adapt it for consumer ag, adapt this for graphic design, broadcasting, intro to computers, but I'm good. But it's right. universal versus like, oh, this was work for curriculum. I've kind of done this. Maybe I should adapt it. Like right here, your arts musicals are great, and you have your post-it notes. I do something similar, but it's like, eh, you know, maybe I could just update a little bit with some ideas, but at the same time, it's like, I wish my class could do that Monday through Friday, but I have a different classroom yeah. versus you have a classroom. And what's, what's, what's neat about it? Like we've talked to a bunch of different people, you know, people who are um, not music educators who are just fantastic educators and whatever they do. And they've said similar things. They're like, well, it sounds like you're, you're talking about a lot of really good teaching practices. We're like, yes, exactly. <laughs> they are. It's just what it, it just puts that music twist on it. So if you are a music educator, you can read it and say like, oh, that's what that means. And that's how it applies to me. Sometimes that's hard. It's not always easy to, to be able to hear a science teacher talk and be able to figure out how that fits into what you do, or, or even, even mm. your instructional technology coach, right? Sometimes it's hard to just envision what that looks like in a music classroom, in an arts classroom. So we try to take those things and just give specific examples so that, you know, a music teacher could see themselves in that spot, but also make it broad enough that they could say, oh, and here's how I apply that to my situation. You know, Teresa's talking about it for a fifth grade band. Well, but here's how I could use that with my seventh grade chorus. Things exactly. Like that. 
And I, I think it's a good, and that's a very good point too. Like, how could I use it? Cause I have read books and I said, well, that was a nice book, but I'm not really getting anything out of, it. I haven't read another books. So like, like, you know, I, like I said, I just read another book a couple weeks ago. It's not on here, but I chapters three through five. I was like, I've read that in thousands. Of, no, I can't say thousands. I haven't read that many books, but in dozens of books where it's like, that's, you know, and then I'm skimming. Yeah. Maybe I'll say, okay, that catches my eye. I'll tab it and I'll move on. And then it's like, Ooh, chapter six. Wow. That just, I'm like tabbing like, Ooh, I'm writing down notes. That's great. But sometimes I do it. Cause people always like, you read so many books. Like, yeah, but sometimes I read books where it's something I've read a thousand times. Like how many people have talked about social media, but you know, I had Julie Smith on it. We've talked about digital wellness now because social media has become a much different platform. It has in, in the last five, six, eight years where it's like, how do you avoid that? How are you not a victim of hate farming? How are you not caught in a bot situation over an algorithm? How are you actually using it for positive or at least what you want to do? Like, Oh, LinkedIn, I'll do all my businesses. Here's my blog. Here's a job market or something, or here, let me talk about esports live streaming. Cool. Makes plenty of sense. Twitter. It's like, well, here's my little thing. Here's my blog. Oh, you know, I, I, I like to watch entertainment. That's a great versus a hey, discord. I'm a Spider-Man fan. I play Pokemon go. My discord is just for fun, little chats, little discussion. Sometimes it gets a little, as they say, out of control. I was on a podcast yesterday for the Spidey dude network and there were some words thrown in there, but at the same time, it's like, <laughs> I'm not throwing it, but I'm just like, but people knew that was coming. It's like, they know it, but not everybody's going to like, Oh, don't listen to Zach. He's swearing up a storm today because of blah, blah, blah. No, he's just showing he's a passionate fan, but he's not, but at the same time, he then goes, but I get other people's point of view. This is mine. Here's the reason why. Like, see, he explains it versus I hate this and you'll never change my mind. But you know, that's the thing here. It's like yeah. pass the baton. I, I was getting that book and my wife said, herself, like, what you're reading a book about music. Uh, why? And then I explained it. She was, she's like, Oh, maybe I can bring it to my second graders. I said, there, you got a sub. There's an idea just for second graders. And like, yeah. and here's what Catherine and Teresa wrote useful. So, you know, think, by the way, she says, thank you, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh yeah. man. So Ter Teresa, what do you got coming up here in the future? I mean, you got a lot of stuff here, but you're, you're talking about a podcast with Pass the Pod, and you're talking about your, you know, your music educational spring parts, which is April 6th and the 14th. And I'll leave yep. that notes. What's that all about? Cause luckily this will, this will air in a, in a week. So it'll be in plenty of time before okay. the 14th. So I'll, I'll get a little numbers yeah. out there. I'm sorry. I can't promote it earlier. So yeah, well, I'll say, so we do have the Pass the Baton podcast that's actually coming up on its one-year anniversary, which is crazy. Um, I know. <laughs> I like, this is my third season like, on this one. I'm like, it's been almost three yeah. years. How did I do that? Yeah. I'm like really pretty proud of us um, <laughs> for making it a whole year. Actually, I so I'll full disclosure, I've been listening to yours like the last couple of days, just getting preparation oh, for this. Okay. Well, I heard you, you say how many podcasts. <laughs> She's like, what about He-Man of the Masters of the Universe? <laughs> well, but I was listening to you say how many of them don't make it that far. And I was like, yes, no, they don't. <laughs> they, they really yeah. don't. Like I said, my before the Pixel Classroom, it's episode zero. We tried to start the, uh, the Epilepsy Advocate podcast, which my mm -hmm. wife and everything. And, and so my grandfather had epilepsy too from a head injury when he was serving in the war. It lasted two episodes. It it never caught yeah. an audience. People canceled and I kind of did it. I was like, well, maybe I should do a partner podcast like I did this one years ago. Well, oh yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Never does it. And then it's like, things came up and I finally said, well, I'll just do it. And all of a sudden it's like, and many times I almost shut it down because of various reasons, but it's like, okay, 101 episodes. Now what do I do? <laughs> yeah. So, it's exciting. Yeah. Congrats to getting yeah. on the one year and hopefully maybe a couple yeah. more years too after that too. That's yeah, that's the goal. Um, yeah. So you were, you mentioned we have a spring sparks event yep, coming up. Spring we Spark. call it music ed spring sparks. Um, I got together with a, a group of other educators who just all have 
passions, <laughs> who have things that they're just passionate about and that they're really doing good work in that area. And we put together this event. It'll be April 6th to 14th. And it's basically kind of like the, the, the ditch that textbook summit, <laughs> you know, it's like one of those. I enjoy, I, you know, Matt knows I go. Right. We all enjoy, but the idea is that the videos are all short, um, like 20 minutes, one topic by, you know, an awesome music educator. And it's just going to give you something to think about. Um, we have somebody talking about ethical auditions, which like, oh my goodness, don't we all need to learn more about that? Um, steam in the classroom, culturally responsive teaching, working with English language learners, which that's a, another one that's Yes. I wish I had had that when I was working down like in the DC area, um, but just some really, really great topics. So if you, if people who register completely free, you get one video per day from the 6th to the 14th and we'll leave it open until the 22nd of April. So if you're listening anytime between now and April 22nd, you can, uh, you can register and you could just binge all of them on the 22nd if you want. <laughs> Again, they're going to be short. So it, it's very very bingeable, um, listen during your commute, watch it during your lunchtime or anything like that, but I'm excited about it. Yeah. So like if I, you want to I, register, it's um, bit.ly, what's it? bit.ly.springsparks22 and the, the spring and spark are both capitalized. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that in my show notes here. Uh, spring. Spark awesome. Thank 22. you. That way, that way I can look up the bit.ly too. And I'll just put in bit.ly. Perfect. Thank that you. Way, that way it'll be on the thing. Cause like I said, I, I edit these very fast, especially on a day like today. It's like, oh, once we're done, I have nothing going on. I'll edit this, eat lunch. Life is good. Uh, all the fun <laughs> stuff there. So Teresa, is there anything else you would like to share to us in the, just before we wrap this all up? Um, I don't know. We talked about so many different things. I guess I would just say, you know, give your music teacher some love if you're not one. <laughs> I, I, I will absolutely agree with that. I know I try to give my, I don't talk to them very much, but when we do, we, we have a good little piece and we just, they yeah. just push the musical. It was great. You know, and how can people connect with, with you too, Teresa? Um, yep. I'm on social media. It's simple. It's just at musical Teresa, um, T Teresa spelled T H E R E S A. So you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, um, I'm, you know, I have my website, which is my, my blog off the beaten path and music. You can find me there also pass the baton book. Um, if you are a music teacher, or again, even if you're like a coach or someone who works with music teachers, I'd love for you to check it out. We have the podcast. Yeah. I'm kind of all over out there. <laughs> so yeah, she's, she's everywhere. She's a musical note. She's mm -hmm. traveling throughout the space, you know, like exactly. all that yeah. fun stuff. And well, I'll put all these in the show notes course. So people can click on their favorite to find wonderful. things too. Yeah. And I, I love I love connecting with everybody and anybody. So reach out and just say hi. Yeah. If you go to Instagram, you'll see lots of pictures of my dog. He's really cute. <laughs> it's like me and my family and my dog. Willow just seems to show up. That's like my recent one of my all my home improvements have been going on. Speaking of which, my brother's supposed to hopefully be here in an hour so we can get that cabinet back up on its stands here before the guy comes in. Uh takes and fixes our ceilings that have been damaged since we moved into this house, which is hard to believe. Speaking of times, nine years, I've been in this house nine years. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I've been in here a decade now. How did that happen? You know? Uh, and, and, and just so everybody knows, Teresa is very easy to connect to. Cause like, I did it when the book came out, I asked her on here and she said, yes. And I was like, well, that was simpler, more simpler than I thought thought that was going to be so and hopefully i'll have Catherine on here in a future episode too yeah. so, so hopefully i gotta reach out so Catherine, if you're listening please please, please reach out to me or i'll reach out to you hopefully <laughs> soon and we can talk more about past baton and you're like i said i i told my friend jill we need to get more music teachers on here and like i said you're the yes. second one here so 
you know, getting Catherine be number three. And then I could just uh, awesome. start going on from there too. And, um, and a few other things. And actually one of my musical teachers have been on uh, my student podcast over for my school district, which people haven't checked out the Cardinal cast. So uh, Terrence has done Very a fun. good job on that. Shout out to Terrence. So um, Teresa, thank you so much for being on here today, especially I know with your schedule, our time zones and major weather differences between our areas too. And like, if nobody can see this, but she has a very comfortable setting looks like where it's like, yeah, I'd like to crawl up on that and take a nap myself right now. So, Oh boy. That's how, that's how yeah. we get here on the pixel classroom podcast, everybody. <laughs> you got it. All right, Teresa. Thank you again. And for all those listening, thank you so much. And we will see you later on the pixel classroom podcast. Thank you once again for listening to the Pixel Classroom podcast. Remember, you can find us all out and me on Twitter at Ryan7Reed or Herc78 on Instagram. If you like what you hear in this podcast, please think about subscribing as well as leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. That's all it's going to do for today's Pixel Classroom podcast. We will see you next time with another guest or wonderful reflection here on the Pixel Classroom podcast. Have a fantastic day. Yeah.